listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. listening to Framework Focus, the podcast that explores trends, innovations, and insights in the long-term care pharmacy industry. Join us as we connect the entire LTC ecosystem. Hello and welcome everyone. My name is Dr. Mark Fulton and we are here with the Framework Focus podcast, the first and only podcast exclusively devoted to long-term care pharmacy, specifically the technology that drives long-term care pharmacy forward. Joining me today is Ted Sullivan from Advisure, uh, who's gonna be talking with us on the topic of regulatory compliance, specifically the Drug Supply Chain Security Act, and how their firm helps pharmacies achieve compliance with this upcoming critical piece of compliance legislation. Ted, welcome to the show. Good morning, Mark. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. So Ted, uh, tell us a little bit about your background and tell us about Advisure and what you guys do. Sure, I'd be happy to. Uh, so I joined Advisure about six months ago after spending a career in healthcare. I've worked in a number of different domains within healthcare, uh, spent 28 years with one of the big three wholesalers, a good deal of time in the pharmaceutical supply chain side of the business, so very familiar with the supply chain side of uh, pharmacy servicing all classes of trade. Uh, I've also spent uh, a few years working for group purchasing organizations focused on the long-term care pharmacy market uh, and came to Advisure uh, really as an exciting new venture for me in my career. Uh, Advisure is an innovative and entrepreneurial organization. Uh, It was founded by Randy Hoggle back in 2015. And Randy's approach as a pharmacist when considering DSCSA and the implications that it would have on pharmacy practice and workflow really took a different view of uh, the solution uh, to the challenges of DSCSA. So they've got a a fairly unique approach and model to the market, and uh, I'm just really excited to be a part of that team. That's awesome, Ted. Well, we're glad to have you here. Advisure has been a terrific partner for us, and we're looking forward to helping them promote their product and their solution to our customers in the long-term care pharmacy space. So when we talk about the Drug Supply Chain Security Act, all the listeners here, everybody's probably already aware of it and some of the details of what it requires, but the biggest question on everybody's mind is about the recent actions of the FDA in announcing their delay. Right, yeah. announcing that they, you know they're going to delay for one year uh, implementation of part of the enforcement and effective date of the Drug Supply Chain Security Act. Yeah, Mark, I think it's a really important topic for you to call attention to for your uh, pharmacies and for the general market. Uh, I really do think that there's a fair amount of misunderstanding about the guidance that FDA uh, provided back on August 25th, 2023. Uh, one of the, the corny lines I use when talking to clients and about Advisure and our solutions is, DSCSA is the slowest moving freight train that will ever run anyone over. Uh, <laughs> we've, we're more than nine and a half years post-passage of the act. Uh, There are elements of the act that were in enforcement from 2015 on, um, and it's just the final requirements that have to do with the interoperability of systems that FDA put in focus of the guidance that they provided. And while certainly the word delay appears in the guidance, what is being delayed is enforcement at the dispenser level 
on the requirements regarding interoperability. So those elements and requirements that were in place uh, prior to the guidance remain in place. Uh, you know, AdvaSure serves nearly 7,000 dispensing clients. We've had our clients inspected and audited 162 times based on those requirements, and they don't go away. What FDA actually stated in the guidance was that they would move based on the market's transition from EDI 856 file types to EPCIS file types, they would delay the enforcement on the dispenser should their up-channel supply chain partners need time to uh, stabilize their EPCIS data transmissions. In other words, they weren't going to hold the dispensing pharmacy accountable for a failure of an upstream supply partner to provide them information. But very clearly in the guidance, FDA uh, indicates that uh, dispensers should not take their foot off the gas, right? The requirements that were there uh, previously still exist and are in enforcement. And um, frankly, we need as a market and a community people utilizing the solution so that those uh, suppliers can in fact have data to run through the system in order to stabilize the, the, the program. So uh, it, it's, the people heard the word delay, they were dying to hear the word delay, that's what they focused mm -hmm. on and I completely understand that, uh, but it's, it's more nuanced than that. Now, that's a really great explanation, Ted. Thank you so much for clarifying that because when we think about regulations in the pharmacy space, one of the things that really comes to mind is that we're slow to move and we are hesitant to adopt change within our organizations, within our systems, to accommodate new regulations. I mean, we're in Boston right now. This city has a huge history of pushback against regulations, right? <laughs> um, you know, you think back to the Boston Tea Party, but we can't go just throw all of our drugs into the harbor. So what should be top of mind for pharmacies today uh, with respect to getting compliant and getting prepared for the Drug Supply Chain Security Act to fully go into effect next year, along with the requirements that are going to become effective and enforceable in two months? So it's a great question and completely understandable. It's, it's human nature, right? And, and yes, this is an unfunded mandate, right? A lot of pressure and demand and execution is gonna fall on the dispensing pharmacy in order to make this system work. And this is one among many things that our, our customers have to focus on as they drive their businesses and provide great care to their patients. So when you hear that it can potentially be put off behind other very high priorities and important, it's very understandable that human nature, you would, you would push that back and just focus on what you have to today. Uh, I would suggest that folks um, read the act, uh, read the guidance. Right, that's, that's number one, first and foremost. Don't take my word for it. Don't make your decisions based on press releases and what other folks have characterized the guidance to say. But download a copy of the guidance and read it for yourself and make a decision for your business. Right, that's first and foremost. Additionally, I think what people need to look at is what's the total cost of implementation? Right, we've got, you've got to get there. It's not optional. Uh, it is the law. It is a regulation. It's, and frankly, it's good care, right? Um, so you need to take into account not just uh, the cost of a solution and the effectiveness of the solution, but what's the impact on your daily operations and workflow? What is executable day in, day out, so that you can actually staff appropriately to grab the value out of the solution, whatever solution provider uh, you land on?
um, and really take a holistic view of, of what that solution set will provide you. Awesome. You know, I think those are some really great tips for pharmacies today about what you need to do. Number one, know the regulations, know what needs to be done. And then two, identify where those gaps are within your own workflows. You know, what does your pharmacy need? Where are you at with respect to achieving and maintaining that kind of compliance? So one of the things that we know is that the delay in enforcement of the interoperability provisions is only by the FDA. This is only at the federal level. And many states have already adopted language from the Drug Supply Chain Security Act into their pharmacy regulations. And we know that the actual regulatory enforcement, the FDA is not gonna come to your pharmacy to be checking on things. We hope not, right? <laughs> Nobody wants that. But it, the, your state board of pharmacy will be in. And we can probably expect them to ask some questions related to compliance with DSCSA. So what kind of questions from regulatory authorities or board of pharmacy inspectors should pharmacies be prepared to answer? So Mark, it's, a, it's an excellent point. And I would expand that group of potential inspectors just a little bit further even, because I think you're right. Um, we have seen inspections executed within our client base from the following organizations. Your State Board of Pharmacy, FDA, DEA, OIG, and also pharmacy benefit managers. And it's interesting, they are that fifth party uh, in the, the equation. Uh, we're actually in occurrences where they have inspected adversary clients, and thankfully we've never had a finding against one of our clients in one of these audits and inspections. The position that they take upon entering the pharmacy is, if you cannot demonstrate compliance with the five elements of DSCSA that are currently the regulation and have been enforceable since 2015, you may have dispensed a counterfeit or illegitimate drug to one of our patients. And they, if they find uh, against you in uh, compliance issue with DSCSA, they will claw back the cost of that medication. Now, that's, that's a really challenging issue, and I think that they are an outlier from the other inspecting authorities that you talk about. You know, state boards, FDA, they're focused on the pharmacy practice, and they're focused on keeping patients safe. Uh, and I would think that PBMs are probably making the same claim. The difference is they actually have a profit motive in executing that audit and inspection. And so it will be interesting to see how this rolls out as attention shifts there was so much focus on the November 27, 2023 implementation date. That is still the implementation date for EDDS and for the interoperability systems. What is paused is enforcement on the dispenser level of the requirements related to that interoperability. The other requirements are in place and those inspections will sustain. Um, and I, we, we've had our pharmacies inspected by all of those bodies. Uh, and again, uh, we're, with 162 down and, uh, and uh, we've gotten uh, affirmative responses in every case. You know, that is excellent to hear, Ted. You know, one of the things that our customers look for in solutions, whether it's in their pharmacy software solutions or our partner solutions for dispensing drugs and keeping track of things and managing the complex network of uh, you know, dispensing that goes on inside a long-term care pharmacy, you have to have that trust. You have to have a security that the partner that I choose, whether it's someone for hosting, whether it's a technology service, robotics, automation, I need to be able to trust that partner and have a firm sense of confidence 
in the service they're going to provide and knowing they've got my back, uh, especially when it comes to regulatory compliance, because that's an area where pharmacies, you won't really have the luxury of getting it partially right. So, um, you know, you talked about EPCIS a little bit earlier. One of the things that you're going to need for that EPCIS data set is a global location number. And we've heard some talk about that before. The, the GLN or the global location number, that's something that pharmacies need to have, correct, in order to facilitate EPCIS? Absolutely. Um, there are a number of differences, but one of the big differences uh, in the historic practice and the go forward as we transition from using the EDI 856 file to the EPCIS file uh, is within uh, the launch with EPCIS, including a global location number for both the supplier and the purchaser and receiver of the product there is a record within the file of the physical location of that product throughout the transaction process from the beginning to the end. Prior to the conversion to EPCIS and inclusion of the GLN, when we use the EDI 856 file, and roughly 10% of AdVersure's current suppliers are already active with EPCIS, about 90, 30% are in the process of testing their EPCIS files and about 60% of the market has not yet gotten to testing phase. But we operate with both file types, we parse both file types. For those suppliers that are sending their files in EDI 856, which lacks the global location number, a requirement is the three T's must be included in the advanced shipping notice. The transaction information, the transaction statement, and the transaction history. Essentially, the information is the details about that particular transaction. The statement is a legal claim by the seller that this drug is safe to dispense and all practice adherence to the act has been met. And the transaction history is essentially the drug pedigree. Well, when a supplier moves to EPCIS, they need to have the global location number of the purchaser in the receiver, could be separate in a contract pharmacy model if there's a 340B account, and it is included in the EPCIS file. So the transaction history will no longer be a component of that advanced shipping notice. This is a really important point. Um, as I mentioned, I spent 28 years with one of the big three wholesalers, so uh, I'm fairly attuned to how those organizations work and their execution and the importance of uh, Six Sigma uh, accuracy in their efforts. Um, the wholesaler or the supplier cannot be compliant sending a product without a GLN in an EPSIS file. And prior to this delay in enforcement, the stabilization period that FDA announced on August 25th, the wholesalers made it clear that if you didn't have a GLN by November 27th, 2023, they could not ship you product. There was a, not a supply chain interruption, it was curtailed. Um, the suppliers are indicating that they're going forward. FDA has communicated very clearly in their statements to HDA. HDA put out a, a very uh, well-structured press release uh, just a few days ago indicating that the suppliers need to move forward with this conversion to EPCIS. Just because the dispensers are not going to uh, be held accountable from an enforcement perspective from the FDA on EPCIS conversion, the suppliers are making that conversion. So I've not seen a statement from any of the big three wholesalers on this in the 
week and a half, two weeks since the announcement came forward. But I've not seen anything that indicates that they will be able to ship to a customer that doesn't have a global location number by November 27th, 2023. Well, that's really important for our listeners, and I hope everybody out there has a GLN. If you do not, uh, just for clarification, the GLN, that is a unique identifier that's provided by GS1, which is a global index of healthcare data. Uh, they set the standard for a lot of different types of data tracking you know, across platforms, across countries. I mean, they came up with the original barcode design right back <laughs> in the 70s. So GS1 is this big global organization. So getting a GLN or a global location number from them, uh, it's a fairly quick process, right? It really is. They've got an online store, basically. It's, it's much like doing business with Amazon or, or any other web retailer. Um, you know, we provide some service to our clients where uh, if you acquire a global location number, either because it's been assigned by the wholesalers, there, there are certain supply chain partners that have bought GLNs in bulk and they're providing it to some of their small dispenser clients. Uh, and I think the cut line is anyone with less than nine locations. Um, I think it's the big, big three plus one other wholesaler are assigning these free of charge to their customers. That tells you how important they view this, how seriously they're taking the client's getting it. But just once you receive the GLN, you're not done. Um, whether you receive it from your wholesaler or you go online to GS1's web store and purchase it, I think it's $30 one-time fee for a single location. Uh, you add, hit the plus button to add more to your shopping cart. It's very much like a commercial shopping <laughs> experience. Um, once you purchase the global location number, you must then register it and you must convert it to a serialized global location number, which GS1 also sometimes refers to as your barcode. Um, what we have found is that there are a number of steps. It's a little bit of complexity. Folks have, by definition, they only do it one time. Uh, so as an example of what AdVersure does, it's kind of a white glove service for our customers. Uh, our customers can name uh, AdVersure as one of their administrators with GS1. You add us as GLN at AdVersure.com, send our operations folks an email saying, hey, I'm ready to get my GLN serialized. And we take it through the rest of the process and then connect that out to all of your suppliers. So. Um, I would definitely, you can go to uh, our website, there's a click to a five and a half minute video uh, that you can watch, it's literally five minutes and 31 seconds. It walks you through why a GL, what a GLN is, why it's necessary, and how to go about acquiring it. So if there's any uncertainty, uh, folks can go to the AdVisure website, watch that video, and whether you choose to do business with us or another provider or self-manage, uh, it's, it's good uh, instructional video on how to get started with your global location number. Oh, Ted, that's wonderful news because having access to, you can't overstate it, right? You can't educate people enough about the Drug Supply Chain Security Act. I've been talking about this for years. I know you've been <laughs> in this business for a long time. You know, it's, it's hard to get people excited about regulations <laughs> and compliance. It's not a really uh, energetic topic for a lot of people. Well, people other than you and me, Mark. Well, that's correct. <laughs> so, uh, but this is really impactful because this regulation, the, the Drug Supply Chain Security Act, at its core is designed to protect patients. Absolutely. It's designed to protect the public health and make sure that counterfeit or adulterated drugs uh, don't make their way into our supply chain because that's, I mean, we tend to think of that as something that happens rarely, but it's actually a pretty significant problem. 
it's an incredibly significant problem, Mark. And and but that doesn't mean it's common, right? The way the way I describe it, when uh, you know, usually my meetings with uh, someone, uh, a dispensing client who's interested in our services or wants to learn more. We spend a fair amount of time at the front end educating them on the act, what the requirements are, and we start with the purpose of the act. And the way I describe the goal of the act is to further reduce the already extremely rare occurrence of illegitimate or counterfeit drugs entering the U.S. supply chain. Uh, it's, it's a small problem, but if it's your family member that is affected by that problem, it's a very significant problem. FDA and uh, the legislators came up with the act in order to create a mechanism to try to further reduce that, that rare occurrence. And it's really got two, two uh, modes of operation. One is what we've been doing already, and that's the identification of products that are suspect, further examination by the pharmacist, and focused documentation around that. And then it's the creation of the interoperable system. And it's really that second half that's a, a very heavy lift for everyone in the industry. And that's where the focus is right now. But, uh, you know, it's funny, we've, we've been uh, nine years and nine months in the making. Um, and to your point earlier, uh, you know, folks had more pressing issues. They had things that they needed to focus on right then, DIR fees and the general business and inflation, reimbursement, right? It's a laundry, it's not an easy business totally understand that. Uh, but it's kind of the time is now uh, that we, we really need to focus on this. Um, Advisure uh, developed their solution in such a way to minimize the impact and the time demand and the staff demand. Uh, so you can be fully compliant without having to scan all the product as it arrives at the pharmacy. Uh, and we basically operate in the background and give the pharmacy a work list when the order is received. Our typical client spends 10 to 15 minutes a week interacting with the software to maintain full compliance. That is an amazing time savings, 10 to 15 minutes a week. But having AdverSure as a partner is really a lot of peace of mind, right? It's someone to help you not only understand what your obligations are as a pharmacy under DSCSA, but also to help you achieve and maintain that compliance and provide the services you need. And it's more than just receiving product, right? It's in the instance you may need to become the supplier and you need to generate tracking documentation, you know, in an interoperable manner to send to someone else. Or in the instance where um, you need to verify a suspect product. And so you can use Adversure's solution to do those things as well, correct? Absolutely, and, and Mark, one of the things that I think um, defines who Advisure is. I, I like to say that there are two things that set us apart from everybody else in the market. One is we are the system that does not require scanning at the unit level to maintain compliance. The second piece is our suite of services. Uh, we're not just a software product that lives in your system that you work on and you know we, we install the software and say good luck. I describe Advisure as a data company whose people use our system to create services. The reason we're 162-0 with audits and inspections is, we first of all, we provide each one of our clients a template for policies and procedures on how to manage each one of those different inspection types. They're nuanced because each of those different inspecting bodies has right to ask for specific information and their purpose is narrow and the focus must be narrow. The second or third step in each one of those policies and procedures that we provide our, our templates that we provide our clients for use in the event of an inspection or audit is call Advisure. One of our services is if a 
State Board of Pharmacy, FDA, DEA, OIG, or PBM inspector arrives at one of your facilities, you call AdVisure, one of our operations specialists will get on the line with you, will operate the software, and will work with you and stay on the line with you until that inspector or auditor leaves with everything that they need for that uh, particular event. Um, we know the law, we know what um, the different bodies are permitted to ask for and the appropriate way that they need to present those demands. And so basically, we want to be fully compliant, we want to be fully transparent, but we're very surgical in our approach. And that's because our clients don't have resources to waste. Uh, we, we view the pharmacists and the technicians and the pharmacy professionals' time as one of the most valuable assets that they have. And so we try to provide them the tools, systems, and most importantly, the services to meet this regulatory compliance need with minimal resource drain on the rest of their operation. So they can focus on that higher value purpose of providing great care to their patients. What a terrific summary. Uh, thank you so much, Ted, for sharing that. And I really am grateful to our listeners out there. I hope you guys uh, who listen to this podcast, hope you really gained some additional knowledge and insight on the Drug Supply Chain Security Act. And what you're talking about, Ted, fits in so nicely with the theme of this year's user conference, which is build, partner, and serve. You know, build as in, you know, we build the best teams and build hopefully the best products, uh, you know, building the right thing to fix the problem, you know, to address the solutions in the marketplace that are needed. Partnering both with our customers to identify what our top priorities should be and partnering with market leaders in innovative solutions like AdVisure that we work together with to bring better solutions to our customers and also serving. You know, serving the folks who purchase our products, our users who are in there every day, on the floor, boots on the ground, providing pharmacy services, and serving patients ultimately, because that's what this is all about. Uh, I became a pharmacist to help people, and this is all about taking care of patients and making sure that their drug supply is free from contamination, free from adulteration and diversion, uh, and ultimately building a safer healthcare ecosystem. I want to take some time and thank the Pharmacy Podcast Network. I want to thank Ted Sullivan from AdVisure. And I also want to thank you, our listeners. Thank you for making Framework Focus a part of your day. We are here live at the Framework LTC User Conference at the Encore in Boston Harbor. We appreciate your listening, and we hope you have a great day. Catch us next time on Framework Focus. here once again at the Framework LTC User Conference, live at the Encore in Boston Harbor. My name is Dr. Mark Fulton, and I'm here with my very special guest, Jenny Lee, who is the Pharmacy Manager at Pharmacare Hawaii. Jenny, you have come a long way to be with us today. Thank you so much for that. How are you today? Hi, Mark. I'm great. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, so. We are here today talking about one of the things that is top of mind for all of our pharmacies across the country, which is the Drug Supply Chain Security Act. Now, this regulation is going to impact every single pharmacy in the country uh, with a host of new regulations uh, requiring the tracking and monitoring and validation of your inventory and supply. And this is something that you guys have dealt with quite a lot. 
Uh, before we get into that though, Jenny, tell me a little bit about your background and how you ended up working at Pharmacare. Okay, so I graduated from the University of the Pacific in 2009, and straight out of graduation, I got hired by Pharmacare Hawaii, and I've been there for almost 14 years now. So I first started as an outpatient floater and eventually became a staff pharmacist for their long-term care division, and now I manage it. Nice. Yeah, it's always nice to see someone have a great career progression like that especially when you can stay in the same place. Mm -hmm. um, things don't stay the same a lot in pharmacy though, and the regulations are always changing. Mm -hmm. So talk to me a little bit about how your pharmacy approached the Drug Supply Chain Security Act and how you ended up partnering with AdvaSure. So when um, the first requirements came out back in 2015, we had partnered with a vendor, which I won't name any names, but um, they helped to make sure that we had all the transaction info <clears throat> saved. And now with the new regulations coming out in November 2023, looking at this vendor, I realized that the interface, it's, we're only using like about 10% of it. Because you know why? Because they're not geared towards dispensers or pharmacies like us. They're more for wholesalers or suppliers. And... Um, I did a demo with them, asked them, oh, what's coming up with the new requirements in 2023? What's going to change? What do we need to do? Um, the rep just kind of said something about how the T3 was changing, and that was about it. And I was like, oh, really? <laughs> but um, <clears throat> uh, later down the line, I found a couple webinars that Adversar had hosted, and I found them so helpful. To, um, to guide us towards what we have to do as a pharmacy to be compliant with the new trap and trace um, requirements. Because at the end, end of the day in operations, that's all we care about is what do we have to do as a pharmacy to be compliant and how is that gonna affect our workflow? You know, that you bring up a really great point there. You know, when you're in the thick of it, when you're in the day-to-day -day of operating a pharmacy, making sure that the medications get out the door in a timely manner and that they're correct and safe for the patients, regulatory compliance should be an afterthought. It should be something that's built in to the products and the software, the technology that you use. So what are some of the advantages you've seen since you've begun using Adversure's DSCSA management platform? Okay, so we're currently still being in the process of um, getting onboarded, but I was already so impressed with their demo. Um, their interface is very slick, definitely meant for dispensers. Um, it's supposed to only take us like maybe five minutes to reconcile any errors, which are usually gonna be clerical. Um, and not to mention, I, I was telling them this, I mean, what, what they offer is almost like a concierge for all of the DSCSA requirements. If FDA comes to you with an audit or if you need a like a PNP, they'll have one available for you. So it's great to know that you can just call them and somebody will be there to be able to help. That is awesome. What a great endorsement. Um, you know, Jenny, when we talk about regulatory compliance in the pharmacy setting, <clears throat> it's really critical. This is, a, this is something that's not optional for pharmacies. Mm -hmm. Something you have to have. So having that peace of mind, 
with a software product, with an interface, with a partner like Avisure that really knows this industry, uh, really knows what they're talking about, and has a solution that's not only easy to use and doesn't take up a lot of your time, but also gets the job done in a way that's efficient, that's complete, and that's verifiable, right? Mm -hmm. And so, any final thoughts for our listeners uh, who may be considering uh, how to go about getting compliant with Drug Supply Chain Security Act in their pharmacy? I think it's it would be a good idea to check out some demos of all of the um, compliance vendors out there. I know there's a whole bunch. Pricing is different for all of them. Um, some are really expensive and you know, barcode scanning is going to be a big part of how efficient um, it's going to that's going to be a big part of um, efficiency once the requirements come about so um, some vendors have that as a separate module from what I've experienced with a very hefty setup fee um, but Adversar is very reasonable in comparison so it helps to look at different vendors but I think, yeah, it is great to have that peace of mind that you, you have experts that are there to help you make sure that you're totally compliant. You know, having an expert who has your back is such an important thing, no matter what kind of business you're in. As pharmacists, people, our customers rely on us to be the experts on medication who have the backs of the residents and the facilities that we service. So for us, having someone who has the regulatory compliance background to do the same thing in return, it's really meaningful and really impactful. I want to thank Jenny Lee from Pharmacare Hawaii for being my guest this morning. I want to thank the Pharmacy Podcast Network and you, our listeners. If you out there would like some more information on Advisure and their solution for the Drug Supply Chain Security Act, please be sure to check out their website and... We will see you next time on Framework Focus. Long-term care pharmacies are always on the hunt for ways to scale their business and ensure they're a solutions partner for their nursing home and skilled facility customers. Now, with the aging baby boomer generation projected to increase the number of Americans ages 65 and older from 46 million to more than 95 million by 2060, the demand for long-term care has never been greater and neither have the growth opportunities for LTC pharmacies. Framework LTC is a long-term care pharmacy software designed to improve scale Scalability. This platform is incredibly effective for scaling your LTC pharmacy business. It starts with your workflow management, designed around your operations. Framework LTC was designed with long-term care intricacies in mind, which provide a number of different features unavailable with a retail pharmacy software. Framework LTC helps to accomplish these seven critical categories. Streamlined workflows, automated manual tasks, custom services to meet unique needs of different facilities, gain better visibility into your operations, make data-driven decisions, curb your billing complexities, and manage new services. Learn more at frameworkltc.com. That's frameworkltc.com.